Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like... Minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys dissect culture and relationships through the lens of sex in the city. I'm Corey Cappen. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And, and today, it's the Bradshaw Boys Movie Club. Welcome the to the last, Movie Club. Welcome to the Movie Club. The last, the last episode in Movie Club of 2020. Man. Get, a, get that popcorn out. Get those junior mints out. What's your, what's your, what is your favorite treat to eat at the movie theater? Uh, I usually go Sour Patch Kids. I always do. No popcorn? No I go popcorn too. I go popcorn and really? I will usually do a Dr. Pepper if they have it. But a lot of times I just get a seltzer because I can't be just chugging soda. You know, yeah. Metabolism is slowing down. I, yeah. I always feel so sick just, after I go to the movies. It's the best. It's the best. What do you do? What's your popcorn, candy and soda? You feel sick. Just yeah. the, the full Monty. Yeah. And usually I eat pretty healthy. So it's like it's not just. If I if I ate pretty crappily and then went, I'd be not feel good. But instead, it's my body just being like popcorn doesn't process in your body at all. And then like three yeah, days later, I have true. kernels that are in the back of my teeth that I can't get out. And my bottom of my stomach feels on fire. It's just it's just bad. It always is bad. Dude, aren't, you glad, aren't you glad that movie pass isn't around anymore? Yeah. Oh, man. Just, it would just be wrecking your body yeah. all the time. I mean, I, there's nothing better, though, than just getting like the biggest thing of popcorn and just like the biggest thing of candy and just crushing. Yeah. It. It's also, it's like just um, throwing down. It's <laughs> like 6,000 calories People with popcorn so are just <laughs> $43 popcorn is water and you are a cup. So it's like, however much popcorn you get, you will consume. <laughs> right. It's yeah, not like true. you. So, but then I've gotten a small before and I've eaten, like I've been fulfilled by the small. I'm, and yeah, I even totally. have a little bit left over, but I look and I'm like, $6. I'm just paying eight and I'll For just me, gorge myself until I want to die right <laughs> yeah. before the climax of the film. Did Did you ever see some of the ones that they were like, it was $6 for like the small and it was $8, but then they were like, or you could just pay eight fifty, and it's the biggest one and it comes with two free refills. Yeah, yeah dude. Just like sh- like popcorn is worth nothing. I think I've sw- I've <laughs> it's, it's worth I've sworn at it's infinite at cashiers that have up up sold me like four times. They're like, you could do the medium. I'm like, all right, and then they're like, or the large, twenty five more cents. I'm like, fuck you, just give me the bucket and shut up. 
It's a, I remember you did that one time. That guy, we almost got kicked out. You said we that We did to get him. kicked out. I also, we did uh, get one time out. I did, I, I did buy tickets. Um, I did buy a senior ticket and I was like, I told my friend, I was like, I was like, they never noticed. This was like the first year I lived in New York. So I made like six cents and, <laughs> and I just would. That's just such a Kevin thing to I do. I know. Though. And I got senior tickets and I did it like all the time. And then I did it with my friend and convinced him to do it. And then we got through and there was this guy who was like straight out of a movie. He was just like, and he was like, you have a senior ticket. Like he was the most socially awkward person. And I was like, oh, and he's like, this is not acceptable. And it was like the first time and I got in trouble in front of like a group of people. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. That's so, so, um, what movie did we watch? Let's, let's, let's get into it. I mean, you may, you may know from what you already see in in the notes, but I will say that we probably, this movie probably has maybe the greatest cast in film history. So we, I won't fight you on that. I won't fight you on that. that. I would say I, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it, I don't want to get the the semantics of dissecting that sentence because it's a large cast. I mean, it is a large cast. I mean, even and if, there are many stars in the cast. I mean, Ludacris is in it. So what else do we need to talk about? Yeah. Oh, oh Chris, I was Chris very, is in it. I was very stoked that Luda was in the movie. We're, yeah. Wearing a police outfit that was way too big for him. Yeah. For the longest time, I just thought he was a mall security guard because I was like, no cop fits into their uniform like that. Listen, Ludacris uh, yeah. Blart mall cop. <laughs> he was on a segue the whole time. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a cast. We, uh, we have a cast that is off. Should you just read it? Do you just want to read like the well, first I want to do the full introduction the of the film and then say it first. Okay. Okay. One okay. of the greatest casts in film history. A Rotten Tomato score of seven percent, with an audience, <laughs> with an audience score of of forty five percent, pretty impressive. Oh. A Metacritic score of twenty percent. I'm talking about the 2012 classic, New Year's Eve. Wow. It's a 2011. It's a 2011 oh, classic. Two th- oh, but they said twelve. It came out in 2011. Okay, I was looking at the tw- the twelve ball yeah 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 it's it's it came out in 2011 as a prelude to everyone's 2012 new year's eve man yeah so did it come out like in the holiday it says released on december 9th oh yeah yeah. big holiday big holiday movie in 2009 i mean 2011 sorry um it was directed by gary marshall who created happy days and all of the spinoffs of happy days and then he also directed Pretty Woman and a um, bunch of other big Hollywood movies. He also directed, so he dude, directed, he, directed um, he directed a Kate Hudson um, Aiden movie. Really? Uh, Raising um, Helen. Runaway Bride? Raising, Raising Helen. Oh, Raising Helen. Did this movie... Did it make like Beaches a... Also. That's beaches. insane. Did this make a boatload of money? No. The box this, movie, this movie grossed $142 million. But... It costs like sixty. I mean, I think they thought this was going to make four hundred million. Yeah, but also uh, this is what I want. This is what I wonder: what was happening in twenty eleven? I mean, they probably thought it was, but I mean, listen to more to two two and a half times. If you if you two and a half times your budget, that's definitely a success. Oh yeah. Um, I think here's here's how I want to talk about this movie. I want to get into the cast. I want to get into the storylines. I want to get into the plots. But before we start. I want to take a general temperature of where we already watched it. 
This is yeah. not like the pod where or the main feed where we are, we're going to go away and watch it. We already watched the movie. We already watched. And this. I want to I want us to rank this from one to five cosmos just to see where the three of us are at. So at instead of saving like that right end, now, let's 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 do that up top. So then we have, uh, and then it'll help us understand how we're coming at this movie a little bit more. Man, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Do you want me to go first? I want you, you to yeah, go, you first. go first. Okay, I, I give it a two point five. That's I am so in the middle of this movie. I don't. I'm. I'm not excited about it. I'm not mad about it. It like it, this movie. Uh, I'll never think about it again after this conversation. Um, and it it just is something that exists. <laughs> it's like a bar stool. It's just like somewhere in a bar, there's a stool. I might sit on it. I might not sit on it. It, but it's there. And yeah. um, that's how I feel about this movie. I have no. <laughs> I, I am not. Not like angry it exists. I'm not. I won't defend. How, it's yeah, great because yeah. of the cast. It, it's a thing in the world. And that's yeah. all I can say about it. But uh, I'm curious. I'm excited to talk about that. I I am giving it a two two five two point two five. Um, I'm as and we will talk about this as we go. But as we watched it, I there were so many times where I was watching it by myself in my room. We're all on holiday break right now. And I was in my childhood room watching it, and I audibly said to myself, "God, I hate this movie." Multiple <laughs> times multiple times but it still gets a 2.25 yeah because it is it's like bad movie popcorn it fills you up you feel pretty terrible afterward um but like it was afterward you're like hey remember when we went and had all that popcorn we'll probably do it again at some point like it was it was it was a fun experiment and it was crazy i also feel like we'll get into this but like I don't know if I, I guess you could make movies like this again. I'm sure they will. But it was like, this was a time when they were just like, yeah, dude, we're freaking throwing it all in. Everyone's going to lose their mind. Like this was, this was yeah. like, I feel like this movie feels like the TV show American Idol where everyone's just excited about everything all yeah. the time. Yeah. And everyone's just like, that's amazing. Dude. And, um, and also we talked about this, but like there, one of the redeeming things is, and I'm not just saying this because we watched sex in the city, but, I do feel like the SJP scenes like feel a little more redeeming. You see how she's a pretty great actress and is like grounding. You're just you're just more um, used to seeing her running around city. in heels in New York City. <laughs> just yeah, that's true. you only get one scene of that here. That's true. Now she's got clogged. Anyway, that's the, the, that's that's where I'm coming. The from. interesting thing about this movie though, and and you just talking about your experience with it is, I think I would have really loved to see this in theaters with like the two of you. Like if they re 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 release this movie in theaters, and I could go eat a bunch of garbage popcorn yeah. and go with a big group of people, I think I would pay to go do that. It would be a fun movie, like those midnight showings where, like, yeah. you know, like anytime Chris Bridges comes on the screen, everyone's got to go Luda. Yeah, like you exactly. have to just yell things out like that. Um, we got to get Alamo to do it. Anyway, that's where I'm coming All right. from. Kevin, where are you at? Okay, this is we have to watch the movie before this at some point. I think because this is a sequel. This is this is not. Oh yeah. This is the sequel to Valentine's Day. Okay, Valentine's Day made a wait. Same cast. Same writer. No, not same cast. It's It's same writer, same director. So they were some of the same cast. Ashley Kutcher's in both. Is Ludacris in it? 
dude, we need to create. I think I think Ludacris. I think Ludacris did the prop styling for Valentine's um, Day. The, the we need to create the the GM the GM EU the Gary Marshall Extended Universe. <laughs> <laughs> dude imagine all the sweet origin stories we well, can you have know, there's one after oh this gosh. there's mother's day after this same writer director no yes. no there's not yes, there is. oh man i'm actually ex- we have to do this next one in person mother's and just day. get like a bunch of snacks dude how fucking great would it be if they did flag day they literally just went through everything um it's like the Sufian Stevens trying to do all the 50 states, but they just try to do every holiday. It's like Gary Marshall's holiday project. All right, so Mother... But Mother's Day Mother's Day seems very much more scaled down. Well, but Jason Sudeikis was in it. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Gary Marshall directed it, but we don't have Catherine Fugate um, yeah, on, Catherine, on the yeah, writing. She did and not you write, can tell that the whole Day. time. No, okay. so I, that was going to say. I give it. Yeah, it was a Tom Hines movie. You gave 2.5, John. You gave 2.25, Corey, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm giving it 3.5, which. <laughs> which based on. <laughs> There's Sex in the City episodes that you've given like way less. Listen, than based that. based on. I'm, I'm happy about this. Listen, this is this is why context is everything. If if you watch if you if you watched. You know, Citizen Kane on on your iPod click wheel tiny screen and you were doing dishes, you may not totally think that's the greatest film of all time. If my sister asked me to watch this and I spent my evening that I I thought was going to be with friends and I watched this with my sister, I'd be really mad at my sister. But creating a context in which I could watch this movie and hang out with you guys and talk about it raised the enjoyment level like anytime zach efron would say the dumbest fucking line of all time knowing that i would <laughs> knowing that i was like doing it for like a reason made me just be like i'm really enjoying i'm enjoying every storyline i'm excited to see where they go back to i think it's hilarious there were so many things that i probably would have laughed in the theater i listen last christmas i watched cats and i i loved it like it was one of the most enjoyable the- theatrical experiences of my life just hanging out and watching mm-hmm. cats and like cracking up. And this was like that. But then there was a few times that I was like, Oh, <laughs> so there were, yeah, no, I, I, so, I get that. I feel like I have, I go well, ahead. Sorry. So if I, so I give it a 3.5 for like, and I, I'll say part of that is like, I, I will say 3.25 of those points are non-ironic. <laughs> okay, that's where we differ. And two, that's good. That's good. Two point point two five because of them. So that's and then point two five of them is just how bad okay. it was. But I really did enjoy it. I really did. See, I would say I one hundred percent agree with the context thing, and that is why mine is raised to a two two five. And I really liked. I thought Efron was like fun, but I would say, I would say that all of my points are non ironic. And probably 1.5 of them are grace. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, it wasn't a good movie, but I, I would be curious I think to see. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. How I much is going to be really fun so, to talk about? It. So for those of you who didn't, who, who aren't going to see the movie or have never, who are unfamiliar with this right. genius movie, there's about 10 storylines, maybe, maybe six storylines that are all happening. Each storyline has the star power of 
a legit blockbuster movie. One hundred percent. Like like even the even the weakest storyline that comes in at like forty minutes in the story, like right when you think you've seen every celebrity. You see Robert De Niro laying in a hospital bed, <laughs> and you're like, "Robert De Niro is in it." And then his nurse walks in, and it's, and it's the guy from bit. it's the guy from Princess Bride, Carrie Ewells. And you're yeah. like, "Him?" And then he walks out of there, and then he walks out, and then Holly Berry walks in. You're like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening?" Did you guys notice? There's an there's another time. Did you notice that near the end? Alyssa Milano is one of the maternity nurses and they yeah. don't even like, she doesn't even get a full close up. She's just there almost yeah. as an extra. And I, I kept being like, is that Alyssa Milano? Yeah. And that's common. Her? Common is in it. And I don't think he has a line either. No, he's, yeah, he no, does. He, he's, he, he's the husband. He's Holly he's Berry's husband. husband. Yeah. He's oh, Holly Berry's husband. That's a way of war. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so there's there's probably like 10 or 12 different storylines. Each storyline has like all these. But I would be curious to see how many minutes each storyline actually gets. The movie is 120 minutes. Yeah. I think each storyline probably only gets what, like no, eight no, minutes, no, 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 no. 10 it's minutes two, of actual screen time? It's two hours. Which is 120 minutes. That is correct. So if you take if you take twelve storylines divided by hundred twenty minutes, like, you're edit this out. Stop. <laughs> edit this out, Balin. Edit this so out. Edit this out, please. Whatever you do, please for the love of God, edit Balin, this please. out. Please, Balin, can you keep this in? But boost the volume. <laughs> boost the volume on the section. I'm begging you guys, please but, edit this out. I was too. Dude, <laughs> but, dude you, you watched this movie one time and you already you just lose all your your ability to tell time. Lose um, logic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the the storylines like they have to be really short. Like, yeah, I think the Robert De Niro one was probably what like four minutes of actual screen time. So like, you don't yeah. you don't get to actually ever know a single character. Like it's like an hour and twenty minutes, or it's like an hour and twenty minutes into the story, and Robert Downer yeah. Jr. or sorry, Robert De Niro is like blathering unconsciously about his wife, and you're like, what? Wait, wait, what? like should John, I have I known want, this I about the character? To do, like, I think we should we should break down. We should go through each storyline. But before I forget, one of my favorite parts was when oh my Robert De Niro is on the on his like deathbed, and De- Halle Berry is like, he's like, why didn't why didn't we ever do anything? And she's like that nurse. And he's like, Oh yeah. Like he like clearly just cheated on her and fucked another nurse. And he like forgets it for yeah. a second. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, there, there's this whole plot point of like this character that it's like trying to build and describe. And it's just like such a throwaway. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. And then I got to say the best part of the whole movie is when, is when Mikey Bloomberg just gets up on stage. Oh my gosh. Dude. That was amazing. Mini Mike. Mini Mike Bloomberg strolling up there. All right. the, also, I just forgot. I just forgot when you said that Ryan Seacrest was in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Like he is forgettable because he's a bigger part of the beginning. And then he just shows up with uh Mike to arguably do the biggest thing in the movie. Drop the ball. But you kind of forget the secrecy's ever, and had. then, but, and then they realize that the screenwriter already did that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't know right. if I, I don't know if I can sum, I don't know if I can summarize this movie. There's too How much about going we do on. This? How about we do this? How about I have the cast let's, up let's right here. Talk about it two ways. Let's talk about it two ways. Yeah, we've got the cast. Let's say there's this happening. There's this happening, and then we'll just know. It's going to get too confusing if we're like, but then you find out there with them. We're just going to go through. So what if we just kind of. Let's just 
What, what are you I'm saying? saying we go we go by by cast like for example we'd be like Michelle Pfeiffer and Zac Efron and then we just go through it and then we start at the beginning and go to the next one and when there's tie togethers we can mention it. Yeah, okay. th- believe it or not, this movie is actually more confusing than like a Christopher Nolan, Tenet, or Inception type movie just because of the amount of people in it. It's a big yeah. wall with pictures and red string and yarn it's Pepe, going over. It's Pepe, Pepe Silva. Silva. Yeah. It's Pepe Silva <laughs> creating the schematic on the wall. It's Homeland. It's all of that. But just Except because just, there's so many people and also, stories happening. Also, we should say that the the premise of like all these people together, the premise is that New Year's Eve is the most magical night where the most magical things are possible and forgiveness and second chances are are there more yeah. than ever on New Year's Eve. Yeah. That's like and, what keeps running through the and thing. That's and, what, I would, and that's what they want you to go into seeing Mother's Day thinking. Forgiveness <laughs> is possible. Second forgiveness chances. is possible. Also, I do want to say for three New Yorkers, have you ever spent uh, New Year's Eve in Times Square before? I've never spent New Year's New Year's Eve in New York before. I've never been in New You've York. Never City spent New Year's Eve in New York no. before. I've never been in New York City for oh, neither one of them. One, one time, two thousand two thousand ten. Oh my yeah. gosh! I would say probably almost uh, at least a third, maybe half the years. And one time, very early on, I walked through. Times Square, you know that part where they're like sweeping up all the trash and like they're like sweeping yeah. up all the streamers. I walked through Times Square with my date that night, and we took like pictures with cops. And it was like the one night uh-huh. where it was like there it, that was a magical New Year's Eve thing where it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like the ball just dropped, and then like we went to a party somewhere downtown. But for yeah. the most part, being in New, being in Times Square on New Year's Eve would be horrible. Yeah, I mean, I I lived on forty six between eighth and ninth, and like. Like the 29th or 30th of December, I would just had to get out of there. It would just. And Kevin and I, Kevin and I both used to work in Times Square. Yeah. So it's like, it's all of us can attest that that time of year is, is very rough. Brutal. Um, There's this movie called uh, 13 Conversations About One Thing. And I watched it when it Mm -hmm. came out. So it was like early in my movie watching. So I was 16 when this movie came out and like blew my mind. I don't know how it holds up, but it is set in New York City. And it is the lives of a bunch of different people um, uh, inter- intertwining. And it was like a really great movie. But it has McConaughey, John Turturro. Um, those are the two biggest names. But it was like this. I feel like this movie is based on like Magnolia was like that was like that whole thing that it's like all these different storylines tied would, together I, by one. I, I would thing. say I would say. I would say this was better than Magnolia, but keep going. <laughs> but it was like, it was pretty, I feel like it was like a pretty popular thing for a while. That yeah. was like, oh, and, and this, like, it always is satisfying when there's like, you're watching a whole thing and then it's like, oh my gosh, Zach Efron is that girl's uncle. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Like that, that was pretty satisfying, well, but, um, you know, there's those, there's other movies like P- Paris Shatem, yeah, 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 and New York mm-hmm. I Love You, which are like anthology movies that tie together all these things too. And then uh, is that what you call this it, an anthology movie? No, this one's not because it all takes place. Like I think the anthology movies are kind of like the ones that's like 
in cat ah maybe this is but these this one the the stories run together yeah. more they're not they're not their own encapsulated thing the stories connect more so it's not like an anthology movie so i don't think why why don't we start with with efron pfeiffer all right okay so the efron pfeiffer story so that let's say this before we get into efron pfeiffer and if you've watched the movie you know this but there's so much happening. It's like the beginning of a musical when it's like mm-hmm. people are going out, getting their coffee, and it's like, hello, I'm walking here. Look out, New York City. And so Efron Pfeiffer, she's walking to work. Uh, Pfeiffer is. Falls in trash. Falls in trash because she almost gets hit by a taxi, which she said she almost died later on. I was like, you were She fine. was just trying to, but she was she trying gets to squeeze out a, little, a few extra bonus bonus days. All right. She was trying to walk into that, yeah, exactly, and trying to use her health insurance or something to get hit by that cab. And then a, then a classic New York City construction worker who always walks down the sidewalk in a vest and a hat and a helmet uh, <laughs> tries to give her a hand, and she refuses his help. And uh, and then she walks into Ahern Records. Which is run by John Lithgow. Who's in it for... 10 seconds oh, playing 10 seconds. angry birds i know which yeah. uh, wait here's, here's <laughs> exactly. a real question he like he doesn't give her the bonus he's clearly like a grinchy type guy but then yeah he's like things were good but then they cut to him playing angry birds and do you think that that was a, a paid paid th- it had to be because that and phillips were be. the two big ones that i was like oh phillips definitely and, and no nivia nivia and nivia nivia was huge in the in times square that was a big thing <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 go to the Efron. Let's not get lost. Well, Efron, yeah, let's Ef- let's continue Efron with Efron. Is thing, a, so. He's like a delivery guy. He's bike yeah, He's a bike. He's a but bike he messenger. He doesn't have a he's bike. He has a, he has a Vespa, which is stupid. No, but he shows up on a bike at first. Yeah. The Vespa is revealed oh, later. Okay. He shows up on a bike at first, and this is also a world of of movies, but also New York City, where you can be a young hot bike messenger, walk in with no credentials. Walk your way through the office, pick up snacks off people's desks and eat them, and, and then yep. walk through and, and then yell at people and for just not hit on tons of <laughs> yeah, yell at people and also just hit on tons of women in the office. There's a there's a lot of like very close to cat collie and just oh yeah people trying to kiss people who aren't ready for it in this movie. yeah yeah that happens many times. So Efron yeah Efron's walking through. He's like a little walks. thicker too. He's like thick, thick Zach Efron. He like thick, he's not his like uh, his Baywatch shape. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He is like shredded yeah. now. Yeah. But this is definitely this is him having like a six pack, but like not an impressive one. But still, Have you guys doing, seen him in his new travel show? In his no. new travel show where he goes around the world? No, oh, he's he's even taking days off of bike messaging in his new travel. We show. we have a we have a he's close a, friend of the pod that had that worked that worked on a movie with him. Um and says nothing but incredible things about. Zach I bet Efron. he. I've he heard seems he's like the like, nicest guy in the world. I from watching him in this movie, like this, these are the things that redeem some of for me. The like charm and charisma that he just has, even with like just acting with Michelle Pfeiffer and stuff. I was like, that guy's a one thousand percent star. Yeah, like, yeah, incredibly attractive. Just like he's just like he looks. Yeah, I bet he. I bet he's the nicest dude ever. Zach, come he's on the pod. Best. Let's talk. In it, Zach, come in on the, the pod. Same, you can give us your workout routine. You're more shredded than we'll ever. In be. the same spirit, they're like, who can we get for like some uh, some like annoying homely little person that no one would ever want to spend time with? Perfect casting. Let's get Michelle Pfeiffer, one of the one of the, <laughs> one of the sexiest one of the women of all time ever. 
And it's like it's like good acting, like but yeah, you know, nice. nice we'll give nice her some mousy fight. hair. Yeah, we'll give yeah. her some mousy hair and, and call her, uh, you know, different. I don't know. It was like, well, yeah, she's she's a couple sandwiches short of a picnic. Exactly. <laughs> you know, one of the things that people said in the in in the thing is that there should be a spinoff of their storyline because I think people really wanted it to wanted more of it because basically she spends the entire day. He's like fulfilling her her kind of yearly bucket list. Her bucket list, kind of. They they go to radio city um mm-hmm. she rides on the vespa and then she and mm-hmm. then she takes him she drives the vespa and, well, we mm-hmm. should say she has tickets to a party that yeah, she will have him yes if if he fulfills her bucket list so she so. she walks in she quits her job in front of lithgow and and he finds out she's got these tickets and then she's like as and a, then she leaves the building and he's like trying to get his buddy Ashton Kutcher to be like, what are we doing tonight? And then she just finds him on the sidewalk and says, I'm your next gig. I'll pay you for the rest of the day. And you get these tickets to this party. If you can fulfill my life bucket list for me and make it all happen. And it's the most outrageous things. Speaking of tickets, if you guys haven't seen um, Kevin James Doyle's uh, comedy special 30 year virgin. Yep. There's a really good, you got the tickets joke in there. Really great joke. So in that. And listen, it's it's one storyline. There's not there's not any of this other. It's just one. <laughs> it's one guy. Although um, there are some celebrity cameos in your in your there are. thing. There's, there's a celebrity that pops up throughout the there. Thing. <laughs> sure. um, um and uh okay, so so Zach Efron's best friend is of course Ashton Kutcher. Of course. Now Kutch. And Ashton Kutcher. What a grump. He got Is he, it Kutcher or Kutcher? Kutcher. What a sour Kutcher. Kutcher. Oh, it's no, Kutcher. it's Kutcher. Kutcher. It's Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. And the Kutch, he's not a big fan. of. There's a lot of people like this out there, but they're certainly not Ashton Kutcher. Okay. Like, in, I will say this. The people that are like Ashton Kutcher in real life are called incels. <laughs> <laughs> he was an incel in this movie. He was an incel and Fife was like a shut in, but he was like an incel. I, I, but I, I get how, so he, he's, he's someone who hates, who hates New Year's. He hates the hype yes. of it. He hates Which the is, drama. That's, of it. And I fair. get it. I, I, I think New Year's for the most part is an excuse for like businesses to upcharge, to, yep. to charge more. There's usually a lot of pressure for it to be this great night. And then it, it, it traditionally like fall. It's like any other night it falls flat. You know, well, it, it never was like this big thing. I mean, that's me. so I, I get where he's coming. That's from. That's why we leave, leave every year. Like, yeah, I, I do that because I want to ring in the new year, not with the pressure of having to kiss someone and the pressure of of all like, you know, I, I like being with the people that I like, because I guess what I find interesting about this movie is it does get correct, like the the weight of it. There's just yeah. they couldn't afford to. Uh, this isn't a criticism because I think the movie could have been done better, but and I think it had to be hopeful. But there was like that the simple fix of this is like have a little weight to the fact that like it's not great for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah. I actually do think there's like there's a perfect version of this movie, and Love Actually does it really well. Love Actually has like some weight to the stories, and not every dream is fulfilled. You know, um, yeah, yeah, true. So, well, you just need you need to. It, it was trying to just do way too much. You need to prune the stories mm. like in half in order to yeah. give yeah, the yeah. characters like wait enough. 
I don't know. I'm you're cutting me to... out? Mayor Bloomberg cutting me out? <laughs> Shut up. I'll never give you a permit again. <laughs> All right, so Cooch. Um okay. The so, Cooch. Yeah, so Cooch. Yeah, the Cooch. He's he's kind of like a Brooklyn loft guy. I don't know if they're in Brooklyn, yeah. but that's definitely the vibe of like I have a big yeah. loft yeah. and he gets stuck in the elevator with noted nightmare on sets, Leah Michelle. Ooh, really? Oh yeah. Yeah, this year, this year is a lot of drama about the Glee set. Her yeah. and Catherine, Catherine Heigl is supposed to be like that That's too. That's what I thought. Both both yeah. these people and that movie is are known to be pretty pretty rough on sets. That's what the page 6 rumors say. So, everybody knew that Gary Marshall loved a little drama on yeah. set. <laughs> he Gary Marshall was a he was a freak for that kind of thing. So, they get stuck yeah, on I an elevator it. and then she's like Lee what's her name? Leah, Leah Michelle. Michelle? Leah Michelle. Is she famous enough to be dram- dramatic on set? Yeah. I feel like she's, she's one like, of the stars yeah. of Glee. When Glee she was, was the she biggest. She was one of the stars oh. of the show. Yeah. And yeah, that show was yeah. like massive so was pretty for famous. a few years. Um, but I think yeah. also like no one is. You know what I mean? Like even people finding yeah, out about like, Johnny Depp, it's sort of just like, hey man, like no one's that cool. Especially when there are people that nice are that cool, that are the, the biggest, yeah. that are awesome, you know? Yeah, especially when people find out that Tom Hanks is like the nicest person yeah. on earth yeah. and very normal. Yeah, or S- SJP, great example. What's... SJP, mm-hmm. Zac Efron. Yeah. So we've heard. So, oh yeah. So he gets Chris Bridges, ludicrous. One of the I, yeah, I think one of the best plot lines of New Year's Eve was they're stuck in this elevator. You definitely think they're going to have this chance to to make out. Clearly, like it's two hot people on an elevator. Why wouldn't why wouldn't they take advantage of one another in, in this, in this time and just be like, Hey, we're stuck here. Let's go. She takes off her like coat and then reveals this like sexy form fitting dress and is like, Oh, pick me up. I'm going to get out of this. Like it's mission impossible from the top. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous. If you see in mission impossible, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. And then right when they're about to kiss, what happens? The, the elevator, elevator starts, starts, I, starts working. Oh no, the elevator, the elevator, the elevator starts again and it yeah. like lurches I thought, for it. And I, I, liked I will tell I liked I did I like loved that. it. I well I, I will it tell you I met I mentioned this to you guys. I've never seen this movie, but I did read that exact scene in an acting class that I took. <laughs> That's the one you read. <laughs> That's the one. Oh my and gosh. the thing that made me so the thing that was so funny is I remember this is like when we did the class. We did it, and I was like, "What is this from?" And they were like, "It's New Year's Eve. It's Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle." And I was like, "Oh, it's been produced yeah. this thing." And I remember when we read it at the end. Me and the girl doing it, we we're doing it in front of the class, and we leaned in, and then we like lurch forward with the elevator, and then the guy was like, "No, no, 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 no! You got to do the kiss." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" It says in the script. He's like, "No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. This is this is scene structure. This is what you need to learn." You gotta learn to read a script, and then I went back and watched the movie, and I was like, "They don't kiss." That is they really don't funny. Kiss. Script. That's what, and he like he was like blew everybody up. He was like, "They kiss," but they clearly they don't because that keeps the story going forward. Yeah, and that leads her because then she gets out and goes to Times Square and forgets her Fitbit or whatever it is. And, and now it looks like whatever Disney uh, Disney hotel room key bracelets you've ever been to Disney <laughs> recently. She forgot her fast pass. The, the magic bracelet, fast pass. Yeah. This, yeah, this is my favorite line in the show, in the movie. My favorite line in the movie yeah. was he's he's like, why don't you why don't you sing for me? And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The only time oh, I yeah. sing for an audience of for one an audience is of in one. the shower. And I'm like, 
Well, if that's true, then that's yourself. So there's two people. Like the logic of that is <laughs> off. So I was like, how do, like, clearly not everyone's thinking that. But I was just like, that logic yeah. makes complete not no sense. And then he doesn't respond to me like, I thought an that- audience of one would be, we're not in a shower. Then there'd be two people based on what you're saying. I really wish that's how that storyline ended. Just him getting very like into semantics. No, 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 no. You said one. You said one. No, 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 no. Do you count or not? I'm just trying to figure out how your brain works, Leah. I mean, you can sing, but clearly you can't count. Gosh, another shitty year. Because I'm stuck on an elevator with some idiot who can't count. Oh also, here's another funny logic oh. thing is that when she does finally sing, I like how that's what burns you up in that movie. There's like so many the- like nuanced lot, like so many big plot things that you have problems with. And it's the fact that she said audience. Anyway, go I ahead. just, I just imagine saying it to the writer and her being like, so devastated to be like, Oh my gosh. So humiliated. But the other funny thing to imagine is that when, when, <laughs> When she she finally does sing for Ashton Kutcher, that yeah. she's only imagine take John Bon Jovi out of it because he's singing and then she's singing the other riffs and the harmonies. So if you cut that out, then Ashton Kutcher is just listening to her in between riffs and then harmonies. Yeah. Doesn't know the melody or anything. So it's just like yeah. the song makes no sense. It's like super avant-garde and very like Huh, this is going places That's I don't a, really musically understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just this Brooklyn hipster that's like super into it. He's like, I thought you were like a pop singer, but you're doing this like Mongolian throat singing shit. Oh my shit. gosh. Really get into this. <laughs> this is shit. Do you like wow, Bjork? This sounds all- like Bjork or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. So, yeah, uh, they end up, she ends up leaving. Their storyline ends with him going back and meeting her giving her a bracelet back and then watching her in the crowd and he kisses her. And then because of a thing that like, we won't get through the tie-ins for some reason, uh, the main singer that everyone wants to see just lets his backup singer sing the final song at midnight for the world, which makes zero sense. There's a great scene that's like really brief where someone tries to put a Nivea hat on Ashley Kutcher and he's like, no, no. And he like pushes the person away. (laughs) Yes. All right, so that's that's their storyline. So I guess that uh, ties into John Bon Jovi, uh, of J- J- John Bon Jovi of Sex and the City fame. Yes, yes, um, cool. Because he was in it, right? Yeah, that was the Corey and I were texting yeah. the other day um, about John Bon Jovi as a joke, and um, and then I found a mag, a people, a people magazine of him up here. I didn't realize he's married for forty years to his high school sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah, married to the same woman should, the whole time. Maybe you shouldn't. Just Randomly throw jokes out about him. I, I honestly, maybe maybe you should start that conversation by Corey and I were texting each other about how much we admire John Bon Jovi's relationship. I know, and then that's like where it went. It was yeah. us making fun of this cover that he did, and then I was just like, "Oh, that's good." Andy like gives homeless people food. This guy, yeah, Jensen's yeah. not so bad, dude. He's like the uh, he's like Guy Fieri. Like, yeah. Everyone makes fun of Guy Fieri. He's like, isn't he like the best dude in the world? <laughs> I didn't no. know that. Yeah, he's like I, num- I he's like n- number one bro, man. I'm sure he's great. He's like yeah. He's great. You look up look up all the things Guy Fieri has done just in COVID alone. Well, just help, in general, I mean that was the, that was this whole plot line that Catherine Heigl doesn't 
doesn't want to be with John Bon Jovi, but he wants to take Catherine Heigl to Flavortown. And <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting because she's a chef and he's like, no, in order for your chef career to work out, you got to come to Flavortown. You yeah. got to get inspired. So, yeah. so Catherine uh, Heigl and John Bon Jovi's characters were engaged. He, yep. he left to go be a singer and she is a caterer who mm-hmm. is catering the party uh, with Sofia Vergara and some other people. And Russell Peters, um, one of the biggest stand-up comedians in the world. You know that? You, you, do you know Russell Peters, John? No. I mean, he, he makes $150 million a year doing stand-up. What? He's like one of the biggest comedians in the world. And they were like, and he talks all about like being Indian and Indian stereotypes. And they just like, he like a lot of his comedy is about like breaking those down and him and Sofia Vergara are like the worst. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, it's insane. Don't you, I mean, it was really, there was a thing in the movie where it's like people, the people just like really just went in for the stereotypes because they were just like, Hey, this is what it is. It's full of celebrities. There's a ton of money. Just do the accent. And he was like, fine it was so it was so stereotypical <laughs> oh man so bad but that's easy. go yeah go, it's just i mean sofia vergara at one point was the biggest television star on television and russell peters is one like so those are just two more side parts like those are massive stars yeah do you think yeah. they hung out and they're like in their super small porta potty trailers with Alyssa Milano and they're like, what in the world are we doing here? Yeah. They're just like, then they, then they were, then they were both like, what? Alyssa Milano's in this movie? Yeah. He had no idea. No one had any idea. And Gary Marshall's they, just uh, like, I was the one that came up with the shark. He would jump over it. That was me. Also, <laughs> also speaking of small cameos, Matthew Broderick come, comes, pokes his head oh. in there. Broderick rolls in later out of the limo because he's the head of. Okay, so real quick, let's tie up the jet. Oh yeah. Oh that. Let's let's tie up this John Bon Jovi thing. Mm -hmm. John Bon Jovi is a musician named Jensen who loves to wear giant necklaces on top of his t-shirts, and (laughs) everyone everyone loves this musician. It's like a very like it feel it feels like Daughtry or something like that. That's like out of American Idol, and uh, and him and Heigl. She she like straight up slaps him in the face a few times. Couple times, yeah. Couple abusive. times, hard slaps. Yep, abusive. Those were, and then they those get together. Were, those at the were end. those were not even when the the camera just happened to be rolling. That wasn't acting. That was just Catherine Heigl on set. <laughs> just just how she behaves. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that was 100%. that was a uh, just just a hot a hot take of of John Majovi bringing her the wrong flavor Perrier water. <laughs> <laughs> I said lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they get back together at the end and, and Leah Michelle is his backup singer. That's how that ties yes. together. Then let's and, and finally, there's the whole thing. Heigl, I mean, they get together by the end, obviously. Yeah. 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 They get together. Yeah. They end up back together. But um, she, so she's catering the party of the record label that, yes, um, that Michelle Pfeiffer worked at and that John Lithgow runs. Although the guy who was like the owner apparently died last year uh-huh. and Cherry Jones, that was Cherry yeah, Jones, right? Also one of the like, yeah, Ch- Tony awards. Yeah. One of the greatest actresses of stage and yeah. screen. Cherry Jones, her, her husband used to run that record label and she is doing this party and her son is Josh. Dumal. Dumal. Josh Dumal. Josh Dumal. Um, you guys may make fun of me. 
unironically one of my favorite actors. Dude, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say. Have it. you seen Win a Date with Tad Hamilton? I have seen Win a Date Such with Tad Hamilton. I've never seen that movie. I love that movie. That's the only movie that, other than Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, that's made me cry. Wow. Have you seen it, Corey? No, I've never seen it's it. It's a good movie. Yeah, I was going through some I was going through some some rough times in my life and I watched oh, that. Man, we should, Topher we should. Grace, Josh Dumal from from the TV show Las Vegas. If you guys ever <laughs> were sick from school, you probably watched that. <laughs> never saw that. It was on USA. Josh Dumal is unironically sh- one of the most <clears throat> handsome people around. A hundred percent very, very, very I like I like Josh Dumal. Yeah. Yeah, same yeah. here. Yeah. I bet. I bet he's great too. I want to go on like a little road trip with him and Timothy Oliphant so bad, and just like well, him and him hang, and Timothy hang out with good Oliphant looking guys. are like the same actor with different paths. Like Oliphant's been like Prestige, HBO, TV, yeah, done all these like, yeah. in Justified, Deadwood, and then yep. Dumas is like more yeah. the rom com guy. Yeah. yeah, we're getting way off topic. We have so much more of this movie to cover. We've covered two storylines. We haven't even talked about the Times Square Alliance, which, as you know, as New Yorkers, that's one of the most prestigious and important things in New York City. How did everyone care about the freaking Times Square? Alliance? That was like they were like it was like command center and it was Hillary Swank ran the Times Square Alliance where she was like the person who's supposed to drop the two-time ball. Two-time Academy Award big, winner. Yeah. With yeah. uh, with her and her best friend, who is Chris Chris Ludacris Bridges, the who is the, a cop, who's just a beat cop, or was he like a lieutenant? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently, I think they do this job together every year. For some reason, he can't see his wife and kids. We find that out near the end of the movie that his wife and kids show up to see him again. <laughs> but like the whole time, you kind of are you're kind of meant to think that him and Hillary Swank are they either like like best thing. friends or maybe had a thing, and also they kind of. Sort of in the same way we were talking about how they typecast Sofia Vergara in them. They they definitely typecast, or maybe it was an acting choice, but Chris Chris Bridges, ludicrous, is very downplayed and wise the whole time. Oh, yeah. And everything he says <laughs> is like, hey, listen, I know that that ball ain't going to drop, but one thing I'm not going to drop is me. <laughs> Let's get you back up. And there. also, dude, can we talk like, about the, can we talk about the cop? Whose one line in the movie was "Make a hole, people." <laughs> yes, he says, it like, he says it like five different times. Also, there was a thing uh, I didn't even know that was Hillary Swank. There was a, they were like basically New Year's Eve is like the day that they need the most cops on hand around New York City. But apparently, one of the yeah. top ranking one is like, "Nah, I'm just gonna hang out with the lady from the Times Square Alliance most of the day. Thanks." <laughs> They're like, but wait, don't you have a whole a whole bunch of people you need to direct? She's like, no, 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 I'm just gonna just gonna tell her she can do it. No. And what her job is also, no, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen TV, but the way that they get all of that confetti is they just have four New Yorkers that normally are construction workers throwing it. <laughs> they just throw there's no cannons. They just throw and it. And then she's off like, the it has to building. spread out. It's like spread it out. You're gonna lose Um so Kevin Broderick. Broderick was the head of the Times Square yeah. Alliance oh. who tells her if she doesn't get the ball to drop, she's got to find a new job. And she's down on the street and Broderick rolls up in a limo and gets out. And the way he explains to her about how important it is, he talks about the 1986 World Series between the Mets and the Red Sox. Like that would ball. click like that would click with her for some reason. She's At one like, point oh, she makes I, I know I know him. Yeah. She makes eye contact with a cop who's also in the story and he's like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> And then he and then he says, but he dropped the ball. And so you better not drop the ball. 
And then she's like, I won't drop the ball, but I will get the ball to drop, which is another semantics thing. But everyone really, really cares about like, people do care about the they ball. They do. But okay, I want to talk about this real okay, quick. We have I want to, to talk about this though. Okay, go ahead. And then we have to keep we got tied in. We, I, I, I we haven't even gotten to SJP. No, yet. It, there's so much. I do want to talk about this though. Okay. The ball at one point shorts out, which is a big deal. I mean, all three of us have worked in production scenarios where it's like, uh oh, we got to make this thing happen. So that is a big deal. But for some reason, at some point, while they're trying to get some guy named Kamiski or something who's like a he he's coming to fix the ball. They let Hillary Swank get on TV and give a heartfelt speech about being able to fix the electronic ball. And it is broadcast to all of New York all city. Of the world. All the of whole, the world. The whole hours, world hours season. Before. <laughs> hours before about how we're working on the ball. It, it was so inspiring thing. that Mike Bloomberg wanted to come the invite only, her to his, his mansion yes. or something like that. The the only other person who's had the world reach that she did is Osama bin Laden <laughs> in his in his like spider hole talks. <laughs> I mean, like oh. she just and she gives this thing and it like really sets the tone for New Year's Eve for the That's world. That's the power of the Times Square Alliance, man. The Times Square you're, Alliance you're part is of the so Times Square Alliance. You, dude, you made. I mean, it. Um, this is so we find out that Hillary Swank's father <clears throat> is Robert De Niro. Yes, who's dying, who's dying with, in the hospital with refusing with, treatment with uh, um, Halle Berry. Uh, Halle Berry, and in the same hospital we have Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel. Yep, Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel, who and are Sarah. To put a little ahead. cap on the Hillary Swank thing, I will say there's not normally besides like the wedding planner or something. You normally don't see a job like that portrayed in movies of the person that just has to get shit done and it wasn't the best portrayal yeah. of that because i think she would have been rushing around a little more unless like having long scenes of being like what are we gonna do but you kind yeah. of like saw the emotion like i wanted to talk to our friend like jenny and be like hey that's like the first mm -hmm. time i've seen like something you do like portrayed on screen like big time event planner so yeah and she yeah, has to do all this totally. while she's worrying about her dad dying yeah. yeah that's true and you don't find out that her dad is the one although i will say i'd also like to talk to my friend jenny to be like if you're planning a big event once things get solved are you allowed to just hand off the radio and leave set yeah because right before the end she was like i'm leaving this one to ludicrous it just hands it to him and then or no she hands it to the old mechanic yeah. and yeah. then just he can leaves. Handle this. Dude, what if she handed over to ludicrous and he got back on the on the broadcast of the of the entire world it was just like just freaking freestyle move bitch get out the way get out the way bitch we've Dude, got that was that was hose we've got hose <laughs> all right area all right next what's the next one okay we got? so then lee, lee michelle's in the elevator just singing area <laughs> also wait she she goes up and gets her dad de niro wheels him out so you can see the ball drop next time we see her her dad's dead which it you know it's quick death but like i kind of feel like what if he died because she just left him outside <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh and so so they're in the same hospital in the which same hospital is uh Seth and apparently Hillary Swank was also in the the um where they deliver babies, the delivery unit, because that's where Seth Myers and Jessica Beale are in a competition to see who can have the first baby delivered on New Year's New Day. They're competing yeah. against uh Hugo Stieglitz from Inglorious Bastards. Yep. That's right. And Sarah uh, Paulson. 
and Sarah Paulson from, from the Bird Box movie and many mm-hmm. other movies. And yeah. I think that's that's pretty much that whole storyline, right? Yeah. And I will say, I thought I I really enjoyed Seth Meyers and uh, Jessica Biel. I thought yeah. they were very funny together. Yeah. I and then and then let's see here. You have Holly Berry who can't celebrate New Year's. One of the nurses because her hus- her husband is in Iraq. Uh, common. And then the last storyline, are we missing anything? I mean, I guess we missed like Josh Dumal's journey on the yeah. camper to get to well, New Year's. The one, the, yeah, there was, there was definitely like a home alone vibe that was like, Hey, we can give you a ride. Yeah. Planes, trays, automobiles. But this home this alone, is yeah. how deep this cast goes. Do you, I, I bet Corey knows. Do you know who the woman was on that bus? The mom? Uh, yes. Yeah, she, she was, um, oh that's the gosh. voice of Bart Simpson. Yes, it's Nancy yeah. Cartwright, yeah. right? Was that Nancy Cartwright? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So they they're like at the church, whatever. Josh Jamal has to, basically it's based on the movie. Uh what's the movie? Ah, I mean Sleepless in Seattle. And then also like any movie where it's like we have to meet at a place at a specific time. Like meet me back here. It's also like before sunset. If you before think about sunset. that, like it's, it's basically just like meet, meet me here. A in time a to remember something. It's a Cary Grant movie where they meet at the top of empire state building, but okay. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. An affair to remember. Great movie. All right. So yeah. he has to get back to that, but he's like, I'm not into, I I'm not, I don't care about this. And he said a year from now, that's insanity. And then the guy's like insanity. That's not insanity. That's serendipity. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And then of course, yeah. the other storyline is who's going to take SJP. You got it. Well, she, her daughter, Abigail Breslin of little miss sunshine, mm-hmm. um, yes, is going to find some dude who's, you know, she wants to hang out. So she ditches, leaves the house. Mm. Not cool. She goes all the way. SJP has to follow her all throughout the city on a big romp. And then right when she gets through all the people into the front of where the ball drops, it'd be impossible to find someone there. She sees the dude smooching someone else. Another great storyline in it. SJP's mad and upset following her daughter all day, but then she sees her daughter turn around heartbroken that he was smooching another mm-hmm. girl. And SJP... The guy yeah. looked like a little miniature Justin Bieber, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he was like a very handsome child actor. Yeah. Junior Bieber, yeah. They go over to Stardust Diner where they... The singing diner that I live in 3L, the girls in... I live in 3L. The girls in 3R in my apartment are singers at Stardust Diner or, or singing in uh-huh. face masks in mass right now. Um, <laughs> and then SJP basically is like, hey, you're still grounded, but you can go to Hard Rock Cafe for the after party. There's going to be tons of blow. There's going to be tons of <laughs> stay up all night. Which go like, nuts. Like, that's not how grounding someone works. It, it, yeah. you don't you don't tell someone they're still grounded and tell yeah. them they you can don't go say to like, like an I, i'm so mad you're grounded but you can go to the after party your grounding will start it's not like you murder someone and then you go to a murder trial and you're like your your jail sentence doesn't have to start until like after you you do this that thing. is true but there are it's people like, no. that have to like report to jail so that, that if it's non-violent so maybe it's like white collar crime sjp considered it to be like so, next monday put an ankle bracelet yeah on her. she has an ankle bracelet but she's a costume um, designer at radio city music hall yes mm-hmm. yep so totally. this whole time you don't know who josh dumal is looking to connect with because they had this magical connection but for some reason we're like i don't know let's give it a year we're adults we have another year to waste 
at age 43 yep to to just like <laughs> but That's and so then they good. go to the the broken down italian restaurant la gambina trattoria <laughs> hey la gambina trattoria are they are they in? i get a egg plant the parmesan are they in little italy yeah i think so they're in a they're in an Italian he goes to an Italian restaurant that has been raised on like the corner of Mulberry and Grand or something yeah. like that. And he's just there and he's like, Oh, she's not here. The, <laughs> someone bombed the Italian. I mean, restaurant. it's good. It's, gone. it's good that he took the chance and went and did it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad he did. And uh and uh, and like, yeah, I'm I'm glad he did. I'm glad he showed up. And also, when he made the speech, his mother, Cherry Jones. He's like the son of the record. He's like the record company's yeah. son, you know, who's like an inheritance record company. He's got two women at the after party, heavily, heavily pressuring him. Very, like, very ready to go. Very down I mean, bo- Both of them at once. They're just like, well, hey, one of the girls you know, says like, like I can out? be like, in front and, and I can, and the other one's like, I can be behind. Yeah. Like I was like, that's like, and this is also, and then he, he wants a tiny Tim. Yeah, he, he wants to, he wants to get tiny tempt. And he also he say he just goes, Oh, I'm a sandwich. That's a line that he says. And then this is right after the bartender says to him, I get off at one. So people are ladies are just throwing it at him the whole yeah. time. And then he's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. And he does he run to little Italy? Sprints. Sprints. Also, this movie very much focuses on Midtown Manhattan. Yeah. Which is interesting because not a lot of movies, you know, you you don't really you don't get to see the magic of Midtown a lot. Then of SJP takes a, car- but, a horse and carriage down. From everyone knows they're in the prop closet of Radio City. Yeah. <laughs> she gets one out of the prop closet. And then she shows up and she's like, where have you been? He's like, I was about to have a threesome, but I decided maybe I need to grow up because that's usually how I celebrate New Year's every year <laughs> by banging two girls at the same time. Right. But I've waited this whole year. And then the bartender shows up. And they, and they, they connect. That's like kind of the... I mean, yeah. she's kind of the yeah. the apex of the. She's the climax of the film. Our girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, totally. And that's it. And and that's it. That's <laughs> that's New Year's Eve. I think it, that's... It, it, it ends. It ends with. I don't remember what it is, but it ends with some sort of thing of like, it's a time for like forgiveness and second chances and a really great party. And then they show this party. And also we forgot to mention that Penny Marshall's randomly in the yes. movie and says, are you an actress? And the girl goes, I am. She goes, well, act like a waitress and get me a drink. <laughs> There's so many just Dude, lines like that. And Penny yeah, Marshall's that's in the after be party Gary scene Marshall's later. sister, I bet. Oh, maybe it is. Mm. You know, and, um, uh, also I realized something that we said earlier was wrong. That was actually the voice of Lisa Simpson. Oh, not Bart okay. Simpson. Okay. It was Yearly Smith. Yearly Smith. So But this woman from The Simpsons, yeah, yeah. Um, well, why don't we we already gave it the Cosmo rating. Why don't why don't we uh we each say a New Year's resolution and then we can and then we can wish everyone a happy Ooh. happy new year. Oh gosh. What do you think? Oh John I would love John, that. what 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 do you have a New Year's resolution? Um, yes, I, I don't usually do resolutions. Um, I am going to read, uh, 10 pages every day, no matter what. Wow. Of, of books, that's cool. Which would be, yeah, a lot of pages. Three, so be that, 3, that's, that's my goal. 1,650 pages. Yeah. So my, my, my cousin does that. Uh, he was not a big reader. I I'm already like, I would say like eight out of 10 reader, but there are a couple of days that go by where I don't read and um, yeah. And I'm going to do that and I'm really excited for that. What about you guys? Corey, what about you? I, 
a man, I don't really know one. Um, I was gonna, um, I made a, I had a goal to watch a certain amount of movies this past year. And I, I achieved that. I was supposed to read a certain amount of books. I didn't achieve that. I was like a few, like three books shy of my goal. Um, so I think, oh, you know, I think, uh, I think I'm going to make a million dollars this year. I think that's oh, what yeah. it is. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to make a million dollars. No, I think I'm going to, um, I always I like had oh, a million dollars. They were in it. Bare naked ladies were in it. They, they ran B cam the whole time. Um, I think I'm going to set a goal of reading that I'm going to hit. And I also think I'm going to start playing piano because mm. I started Ooh. playing piano last year. And then I had to give my piano away because it didn't fit my, because I moved. So I'm going to start playing piano again. I love that. Yeah. Kevin? Um, I'm going to have something that has to do with running. I don't know what the numbers are, but this year I ran 35 miles on, on one, one day, one race thing with my friend. And in June I ran a hundred miles and I just ran like a lot more. And also I was like, it was pretty essential to like my health, mental health for during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it made me kind of want to run like an Ironman, like a 50 miler. And it also just made me want to be like, I know some people that run like, even if they run at one mile, they run every single day. And there's, there's yeah. something to do with that, that I'm like, I need to, clarify what it is but it's going to be something to do with running and running and reading and writing my three r's hmm. even though one's a w <laughs> so um yeah that that's uh i mean I, now that you're that's that that's really good and it's amazing that you ran 35 miles that yeah one day. yeah it's insane. And now that you're saying all that i'm like i don't i i want to take the piano one back because i want to think about my new resolution <laughs> well yeah but uh you just sprung that you sprung that as a on as pretty fast there Kevin. you know i need to think about it too because i want to i want a yeah. writing one as well which um well we'll, we'll yeah. have to get back i'll have to get I'm back gonna to swim that. again too I can't wait to swim. It's again. been an amazing year with 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 uh with you podcast listeners. Thank you so much for going with us. Thank you so much. We're gonna be doing pods with uh SJP and with Cynthia. Mm -hmm. We're gonna watch the movies. We got more cool stuff planned this year. And thanks for listening. And uh if you want some extra episodes, subscribe to our Patreon because we are gonna be doing more and more episodes there, and we already have like 18 or 20 up right now and so please do that and it'll help support um what we're doing next in 2021 yep yeah and uh let us know if you like this and what other movies you would want us to watch besides valentine's day because we're clearly going to watch that movie yeah all right, all right. well um, hey ha happy new year to both of you guys happy new year to you as well happy 2021 coming this up is, this is going to be and, this uh, next year is going to be a good one We'll put, we'll put this year one. behind us and we'll look forward to a brighter future with, with you bros. Can't wait. Here's a... Be forgot <laughs> Bye. Hey, do you sing for Jensen? <laughs> Bye. Later, taters. Later. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Thanks. 
Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.